It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Lastly, I, I need to recognize um, someone who's unable to be here in the physical form, but, uh, I know he's here, and he's, he's looking down, and uh, I know he'd say that there's no no place place else he'd rather have me get my start in coaching. So I want to um, make sure I acknowledge my dad, Flip, and just uh, thank him for thank him for um, you know putting me in this. It's not just that his last name is Saunders and or anything like that, but I can see why Gersten, having gone gone through this, having seen how important Ryan is in the players' eyes, in a lot of people's eyes, he said, you know, look, I think that this guy can lead this organization and lead this basketball team, and so that's what he did. That first heart-wrenching soundbite you heard was Ryan Saunders at his introductory press conference today. Then it was uh, John Krasinski from The Athletic joining Matthew Collar and Score North Live. This is Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 and the Score North mobile app. Lots to get to this afternoon, including Roy Smalley of uh, Fox Sports North, the former twin. He'll join us to talk some twins coming up at 420. But uh, like I said, that was Ryan Saunders being officially introduced as the permanent head coach and getting the interim tag removed from his title. You got a little you've, choked up listening to that. I was looking at you. You've mentioned that you, you're you a bit of a crier. Yes, I will cry. Show. I, I'm not afraid to cry. I went like between like age 12 and probably sometime in college. And I had a lot of deaths in my family, like grandparents and stuff. But like I was pretty stoic from 12 to not like saying I'm proud of it. Because I think guys... Were you a goth kid? I wasn't goth. <laughs> I don't know. It was just like... I was grizzled, maybe. Right. I don't know. Or I was like a, a pretend tough, tough guy, guy emotion yeah. guy, right? right? And I always, I don't know, I always, I always hate when guys cry. do that. Yeah. Right. Because like, well, I mean, you can push those emotions down, but it's probably going to come out sideways in some other form, so you might want to yeah. deal with that. It's going to come out in an unhealthy way. Yeah. But I'm definitely much more of a crier. Like, all, I cried, I've cried all six times I've watched Toy Story 3, the ending, mm-hmm. not to spoil it, but like the ending of Toy Story 3, there's a, we should have like a... A crying challenge. Like, can you make it to that movie without crying? But, I don't know um, if I've ever seen Toy Story 3. Well, it's it's worth it to just see if you don't cry. I barely remember the first one. You should watch the first one, then watch the third one. Because the third Skip one kind of plays off the first one. one. Yeah, you don't need the second one. All the right. second one's awesome, but like, yeah. it, but the third one plays off the first one. Yes. Okay. The, like, long-winded point longer here. Listen to this soundbite again. If you're any sort of an emotional guy, like my mom died two years ago, and so this kind of hits, and she died of... Why are we so, trying to cry and I just make our play listeners this again. cry to start the afternoon? I just want to play it again. Like, 
This is a cool moment for Ryan Saunders thanking his dad and getting choked up. Lastly, I, I need to recognize um, someone who's unable to be here in the fiscal form. But uh, I know he's here and he's, he's looking down. And uh, I know he'd say that there's no, no place, place else he'd rather have me get my start in coaching. So I want to um, make sure I acknowledge my dad, Flip, and just uh, thank him for thank him for. Um, you know, putting me in this. I just think that's really cool, and that's I don't. And I don't. Awesome. I don't think he's getting this job because solely because his dad is Flip, but it's part of it, and it's. I think he did a good job of acknowledging. Yep, my dad definitely helped me get to this point, and definitely like threw me a nice bounce pass assist to get my hat in the ring at an earlier age. But also, I'm my own man, and there's a reason why I'm getting this job, and there's a reason why Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins and Tyus Jones and all these guys showed up to that press conference today, that there is a respect factor that goes up and down that locker room and obviously throughout the front office that uh, it, this isn't just, he's not just getting hired because his last name is Saunders. He's getting hired because he has the respect of a lot of people that are important. I don't want to derail this uh, emotional road that you're taking us down, but... No, I, we can get off of it. Okay. Uh, it just Yeah, we can get off it. It's fine. The respect and the support that he has from Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins based on the relationship that they already have, it's great. But it wouldn't have been a huge factor in me hiring Ryan Saunders. And I'm not saying I wouldn't have hired Ryan Saunders. I'm just saying that that, that wouldn't have been a huge leg up for him in my book. And I, I only say that because I don't say it to say that the head coach doesn't need to have a good relationship, especially with Carl Anthony Towns. Um, but the whole roster, and we, we've been talking since the hiring and since the Garrison Rosas hiring about communication and, and fostering relationships and how that makes a healthier and more productive workplace in, in sports and across across the world of business. But whoever I was hiring for that job, they were going to have to check off that box of good communicator, fosters relationships can get along with Carl Anthony Towns. Like, whoever it was was going to check that box. The fact that Ryan Saunders already came in with that in his back pocket, if I'm Garrison Rosas, isn't a huge advantage for him okay, in my cause, eyes. Because I thought when you first said that, I thought you were saying it's less important that no, he I has I that wasn't relationship. Saying, and we talked about this yesterday on Raised by Wolves. Maybe I wasn't clear enough. I wasn't saying that the head coach doesn't need to have a good relationship with Carl Anthony Towns and the whole roster on some level, but especially the centerpiece of this franchise and Carl Anthony Towns. You that's that's absolutely necessary for this team to succeed. I'm just saying the fact that Ryan Saunders already had that because he's been here for so long. If I'm Garrison Rosas and I'm evaluating all the candidates, I don't see that as a huge advantage because whoever I was going to hire was somebody who I would have faith and confidence okay. that they'd be able to do that, that they'd be a good enough communicator and understand the importance of having that relationship with Carl Anthony Towns that I would almost take that for granted. I think the key word here is unlock. Can you can you unlock this team's greatest upside? Can you unlock individual upsides? That's really your your main role as a coach in the NBA in 2019. It's not to be the you know the, the I don't think I don't think coaches are necessarily the faces of franchises anymore like maybe they have been uh, like Phil Jackson has been sort of right there along with Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and Shaq at times as the face of a franchise and there are still some iconic coaches left you know Steve Kerr is is probably fairly close but 
I don't think he overshadows anyone on that team. Greg Popovich is about the the closest thing you can think of in the NBA. But mostly it's a lot of anonymous or borderline anonymous guys. Right. Like, would anyone have been able to tell us the name of the Toronto Raptors coach that took them to the, uh, you know, deep into the playoffs this season? Right. Um, There's two or three guys out there that are doing things at a coach of the year level that you would like throw their name out and no one's ever heard of them. I think there, I, I almost think if, if Ryan Saunders last name wasn't Saunders, he would fit more into that category of, all right, you're, you're, you're getting this job because you can be one of those stealth forward thinking, analytically minded coaches who can unlock an Andrew Wiggins, who can unlock the top level of Carl Anthony Towns game, right? You're not like gone are the days where you just bring in George Carl because, well, you know, let's just let Jeff Van Gundy was a name in, that was he comes up. in with the rings and the name recognition and right. everybody's going to bow upon him walking into the building. Correct. Everyone's just going to listen. I think the, the the difference in dynamic is everyone's just going to listen to this veteran coach who tells them what to do and how to operate, which is sort of what they did with Tom Thibodeau. Right. Everyone's just going to listen to Tom Thibodeau They'll because fall in line. Yep. He'll whip them into shape. And instead now, and it's some of it's just the way that you have to communicate with millennial-aged people. You have to explain the why, and you have to you have to almost instill knowledge into them so that they see the light themselves. I mean, that's whether it's sports or whether it's non-sports. I think that's the way that you have to go about communicating with this generation of athletes and people in the workforce, so that you can get the best out of them. And it's a stark contrast from what they attempted with Tom Thibodeau, which is, here's my system and my way of doing things, and I'm going to literally yell at you for two and a half hours Mm -hmm. and tell you what to do during the game. I can't imagine, and I know people listening to us right now who are a little older might might have steam coming out of their ears when we talk about the way you have to communicate with millennials and probably calling them soft or another word for soft right now sitting in your car, but I genuinely can't believe that there was ever a generation that did respond to that. It's amazing. With no there, questions there, asked. there was a generation of people who grew up like, yell, just saying, yell at me. That's the only way I can, I can be led or be productive. I need you to yell at me. I need you to demean me. I need you to tear me all the way down before building me back up. It's a bunch of masochists, man. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, I, I grew up kind of how you were just describing, Phil. I all, Like, tell me where to be. It's like Chuck Rhodes in Billions, if anyone watches that show. Tell, I, I don't. I hear it's very good, though. I might have to add it to the list. Like, he had like he wears a thousand shows. Like, he, he has to, uh, b- between sessions with his uh, love master, he has to, like, put paper clips on his, you know, his <laughs> nipples. Nipples, I guess. You could say nipples on the radio. Anyways, Adam Levine's nipples were trending during the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime shows. So you can definitely say nipples. But for me, it's like it, every job I've ever had. Tell me where you want me to be, when you want me to be there, and what's expected of me. And train me how to do whatever's expected of me. That's all I need. Yeah, I don't need to be yelled at. I don't need to be demeaned. I don't need to be tore down and built back up. Just tell me what's expected of me and train me how to do it. And I'll get it done. So let me ask you this then. Uh, Roy Smalley coming up here in about five or ten minutes from Fox Sports North to talk about the red-hot first-place Minnesota Twins baseball club. So we'll get to that. So when we're talking about what it takes to unlock, what it takes to com- to communicate the right way and lead the right way and coach the right way in 2019, and we hope that Ryan Saunders is all those things, and we hope that Gerson Rosas is all those things from a front office perspective. If you were faced with the option of trading Andrew Wiggins... And I've got an example trade here from Bleacher Report today I'm going to run by you. Or 
letting it ride for, for at least one more year and attempting to lead and communicate and unlock and empower Andrew Wiggins in a way that he hasn't been so far in his career. Which path would you choose? Here's an example trade here, okay? And I'll give you, I'll give you two example trades, so I'll give you three doors. Example trade number one, example trade number two, and then door number three is you try to unlock him. Are right? these trades you've put together yourself, or are these from... Uh... These, are, these are, well, these mostly fall under the category of... That's trying to lead you into. Okay. Yeah. 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 So these, one of them's from Bleacher Report. This one, Andrew Wiggins is either on a very short list of the association's worst contracts, or he is the entire list. Bleacher Report author writes. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that sounds harsh to those who remember he was 2014's number one overall pick. Um, yada yada yada. They go through his five-year, 148 million dollar contract, and the trade here would be Andrew Wiggins to the Atlanta Hawks. For Kent Bazemore and Miles Plumley, and the Wolves would also ship the 43rd overall pick, their second round pick, next season. Or this, I'm sorry, this upcoming draft. So, uh, for some context, Kent Bazemore and Miles Plumley both make, I want to say, about 10 or 12 million dollars, and they have expiring contracts this upcoming season. So, you would send Wiggins to the Hawks thinking that Atlanta can get something out of him. They've got a bunch of cap space and flexibility. Mm-hmm. They've got assets, Trey Young, and maybe they can, while they're looking to rise up in the Eastern Conference, maybe they can unlock something with Wiggins. Maybe he can look at Trey Young and be like, oh, that's where you shoot the ball from. Yeah. Okay. Out there or uh, close oh, to over here? That lo- You get Correct. three points behind that line? Crazy. What? Mathematically speaking, get here. Thanks, it's Trey. one more point than the 20-footers that you're used to shooting. <laughs> Um, so I would I would run to the window to get two expiring contracts for Andrew Wiggins. So uh, that's an interesting just one. straight up those two expiring contracts for Andrew Wiggins. They don't have to throw in the the first round pick or anything. Wolves throw in their second round pick. Call them tomorrow. Call them today. I'm still, with you. We're still in business hours, and they're on the West Coast. It's only two o'clock there. I'm uh, I'm with you on that one. I mean, if I don't I don't know. I think the Hawks would almost laugh at that because if you're the Hawks, wouldn't you rather just have the flexibility of having those two contracts come off the books and signing whoever you want for yes. twenty five or thirty million dollars? Yes. But Bleacher Report threw that out today. The other one that's been speculated is the Miami Heat looking to maybe like Pat Riley is sort of comes from this mindset of I can pretty much bring anything, anything in here and fix anything right and uh, and and the the two guys floated out there are Kelly Olynyk who is under contract for two more years at $12 million per year, and Dion Waiters, who also makes $12 million a year for the next two years. So you'd have those two terrible contracts, which are a better contract than the Wiggins contract, for the next couple of years, and then you might have to also give up like your second-round pick. Or do you ride it out and you hope that a new-age coach in Ryan Saunders and a new-age front office in Gerson Rosas and company can either increase his value down the road or just make him a viable piece to your puzzle. If I can get rid of him for expiring contracts and I don't have to give up the first round pick, I'd do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. I, I just... And you have put... Again, I told you this yesterday. You pushed me over this ledge more than anybody, rattling off the putrid and paltry numbers of Andrew Wiggins when you talk about his efficiency with the minutes that he has on the floor. He's just not going to live up to the number one pick and maximum contract. It's just not going to happen. He's probably the only guy who I've completely lost faith in in the less than five months that I've been here. Yeah. So I would, and I guess if you could put a fourth option on the board, which is instead of taking on bad contracts, can you find a team with cap space 
and attach a first round pick to him and just it, and so now you've now you've really bitten the bullet because you're giving up a first round pick asset. I would say give me the expiring contracts Hawks hypothetical deal number 1. Give me Kelly Olynyk and Deion Waiters two bad contracts for less amount of time than Andrew Wiggins and I would probably put Ride it out third and give up first round pick fourth on that list. Um, and, and it's just like if, if he is, if you're ranking the 500 players in the NBA just based on efficiency and overall value and he's bottom half of the league, if not maybe like bottom 100 in the league, if he gets unlocked, what's the best case scenario? Is he now just an average player that makes $27 million? Like I don't think there's an upside that leads him to be a 27 or $30 million player. You're hoping that he can be like a $15 million player who just gets paid twice as much as he's worth in a salary cap league, right? Even if you unlock him, so to speak. Yeah, I can't even think of a comparison of who I, I think. Like, best case scenario, because watching the NBA playoffs right now, I think when they drafted him and then gave him that contract, you were probably thinking something along the lines of what we see in Dame Lillard, Right. Like just a superstar who maybe flies under the radar a little bit, but just off the charts, athleticism, can shoot the ball from anywhere on the court, cold-blooded, ice in his veins. Like that's what you're thinking when you use the number one pick on a guy and then shortly thereafter give him a maximum contract. Yeah, and, they're and different types of players, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like, now, now like I Wiggins think, can't dribble. Right, that's true. <laughs> now I think, and this is probably a better comparison because this guy doesn't have the greatest handles either, I look over to the Eastern Conference Finals, and at best, and even this is still a reach, he's Chris Middleton, right? Spot-up shooter, catch-and-shoot, be a complimentary guy to the number one player on your roster, but not like really a Robin to to, to Giannis's Batman or to Carl Anthony Towns' Batman. Like a a really good shooter, can't handle the ball that great, and wouldn't be that great if he didn't have that dude there next to him opening things up for him. Yeah, that's the best thing you can hope for from from Andrew Wiggins right now. And again, that's a huge reach from where Andrew Wiggins is now to Chris Middleton. There's a lot of ground to cover between here and there. Oh, my gosh. And to me, an impossible amount of ground to cover. I don't think you're covering that ground, even with the right coach and the right front office. I think you can cover some ground and there are certain things you can do. As I said on yesterday's show, you could. All things equal, if you if if he was the if he was the same hit or miss energy guy, the same can't really dribble guy, and the same mostly sleepwalks defensively guy, if you just got him to shoot from different spots on the floor, you could make him a better player overnight, and that's the first step they're going to have to take. But um, this will be a really fun next six weeks or so with the draft coming up in about a month, and then a week or two after that, NBA free agency opens up. If the Wolves were able to get rid of that contract, they're looking at basically Carl Anthony Towns and open pastures of cap space in a couple of years. But you're never going to get like a Kevin Durant level player in free agency. So cap space can be a little bit of a mirage for teams like the Timberwolves. Right. Yeah. I, so, I don't. Another see, factor to consider. I don't know that I see a way out of it. Again, you, you laid out that trade from the Trailblazers where you get two bad contracts in exchange for Andrew Wiggins and. Similar thing from the Miami Heat. I think both of them are hanging up the phone if you call up with that proposal. They'd rather go into free agency next year with a little cap space than have Andrew Wiggins on the books. Yeah, You're stuck with them. So you're asking, would I rather do this or that? 
I'd rather trade them if it's if it's for expiring contracts. Can you realistically trade them? I I doubt it. I really do, unless you want to package them with that first round pick. Yeah. Sucks. Uh, it's Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all new Score North. The Score North mobile app is uh, something if you haven't uh, dabbled in it yet, it's free to download. You can just go to the Google Play Store or the Apple Store and you can listen to Score North Live and we will reward you the longer you listen to Score North Live. You can listen on demand to our podcasts and also read articles from Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad, Danny Cunningham, Derek Whatmore, etc. Roy Smalley will join us to talk about the first place Minnesota Twins when we come back here. Mackie and Judd with Ron. And this segment with Roy Smalley is brought to you by Doug's Power Equipment in Blaine. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. And if you didn't know, now we're going to tell you we have a five-day-a-week twin show called the Score North Twin Show. And you can find that uh, on scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app, and anywhere you download or subscribe to your favorite podcast. On this show, Roy Smalley joins us every Tuesday, Fox Sports North, and uh, the Fox Sports North pregame show. You're going to be doing. Uh, you're going to be doing some more games throughout the summer here. Now that Justin Morno's uh, out until August, correct, sir? You know, I'm doing 24 games this year in the booth with Dick Bramer, uh, and they all uh, happen after the All Star break. That's okay. The, way the schedule worked out for all of us. So uh, yeah, I'll be doing a lot of games, uh, and it'll be compressed into the second half, and hopefully uh, that the uh, that. That pennant stretch will be great. Yeah. Before we dive into, I mean, Miguel Sano hit a home run last night, and we've got some factoids we want to throw your way. But um, I think I think Justin Morneau has come in here as sort of a new. I think there's a certain generation of Twins fans hmm. that was waiting to see which one of those players would wind up as either a, a full time or uh, in large chunks be in the broadcast booth. What have been your experiences both working with him and also just sort of listening to him with Dick Bramer on the Fox Sports North telecast? I think Justin's great. I think he brings uh, an awful lot. Uh, you know what's been interesting to me uh, is something that I didn't I didn't know about uh, Justin as long as I've known him. I uh, didn't know him uh, and and speak to him enough uh, to to know how uh, how much he studied the game while he played. And I knew he was a bright guy, and he had uh, we we talked a lot about hitting and different things. But he paid attention, and um, especially for a first baseman. <laughs> so I mean, he was—he's—he's uh, he's bright, and he's—he's uh, he's able to describe what he's thinking about uh, very well. And he thinks about a lot of stuff. He sees and, and thinks about a lot of stuff. So I've been impressed. I think he's done a, a really a, a nice job, and um, I think he's a—he's a great addition, and can probably end up doing you know as many games as he wants to. Since we're talking about the announcers and talking with Roy Smalley here on uh, on Mackie and Judd with Rami, what I like about the the rotating color analyst is that each guy sort of brings his own flavor to the booth. And you're talking about Justin Morneau and and how cerebral he is in the booth. I really have enjoyed Latroy Hawkins the last few nights because he brings a lot of energy and enthusiasm and emotion to the booth on that Sano home run last night, Roy. I know you and Phil were were sleeping when that happened. We <laughs> talked before we came on the air, but I I happened to be up and when at, right after the crack of the bat, you hear Latroy Hawkins go, "Ooh, get up!" Like <laughs> I, I love that element brought to the booth. So I, I like the rotation and and the different elements and voices that that all you guys bring. I'm enjoying it. That's great. I, I appreciate your saying that. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Um, it, you know, I mean, when you think about 
uh, Bert and Latroy as uh, pitchers, and Justin uh, and uh, and as a first baseman. And I, you know, I played middle infield all those years. I mean, I, I think there are uh, clearly different uh, perspectives. Uh, what I've gotten a big kick out of uh, is that it's just it's just kind of perspective uh, from from where you sit or uh, when you played because. Uh, on all the major points about uh, about baseball uh, analysis, they're remarkably similar from from uh, each each one of us. As I've listened to uh, all the guys, you know, it's it's there are certain immutable uh, aspects to baseball, and they and they come out no matter who's sitting in the analyst chair. Yeah. So, Roy, how do you explain? And and there's there's three teams in this category, but the Twins are one of them. The Twins are on pace to break the major league home run record as a team. The the previous record was actually set by last year's Yankees team with 266, and the Twins right now are on pace for just over 300 home runs uh, for the for the entire six month season. How do you explain that? I mean, obviously home runs are up around baseball, but it's incredible. It is incredible what they've done so far. Home runs are up uh, around baseball. Uh, twins have guys uh, up and down the lineup that. Uh, can hit the ball out of the ballpark, and so you know they're going to get their share. Uh, and I, I I do liken it a little bit to a. Uh, I was just talking to someone today. You know, in my business, it's it's a bit like a stock market bubble, right? I mean, there 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 is probably going to be a reversion to the mean a bit. Um, which doesn't mean that they can't still break the record. Doesn't mean they can't be one of the most prolific home run hitters, uh, home run hitting teams of of all time. Uh, if they were to hit on this pace the whole year, I mean, they would they would smash the record, obviously. And and you know that remains to be seen whether this is a bit of a you know just a, a full lineup hot streak. That will uh, that will calm down a little bit uh, before uh, going on another one, or uh, or not. It, it's it, it is remarkable uh, the the consistency with which they've hit the ball out of the ballpark up and down the lineup. Talking with Roy Smalley, former Twin, now part of the uh, Fox Sports North broadcast of uh, First Place Twins Baseball. Roy, I, I think sometimes we in the media and fans, we we speculate about a player's mindset or psyche, and I wanted to get your thoughts on a theory I had, and Dustin Morris joined us yesterday on the uh, Score North Twins show, about Sano and Buxton, and obviously still a very small sample size for Miguel Sano, but I I get the sense that playing in in a lineup as potent as the twins have this year and not stepping into the batter's box with the fate and success of the Minnesota Twins resting on their shoulders and their backs makes it a lot easier for guys like Buxton and Sano to to go out and just play the game every day and focus on the task at hand and the situation right in front of them is is that something do you think there's anything to that or is that just me reflecting myself onto those guys no, I don't think there's any question that uh, you're right about in uh, what you're projecting uh, there. Whether Sano and Buxton, you know, know it or not, I think they do. I think they feel it for sure. And think about, you know, where where they've come from, starting in you know rookie ball and A ball, and and, and coming up, they were touted as being you know the two guys that were going to you know deliver this club to the promised land and and don't think they didn't hear it 
as young kids starting back uh, when they were in A-ball. And, and when they came up here without a, a huge supporting cast around them, I, I believe, I don't know this, I haven't talked to them about this specifically, but I don't think they could possibly help but feel like there was a lot of pressure on them to produce immediately. And uh, I, I think there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that with the uh, addition of, of all the players that, uh, that the front office got this offseason, and with the emergence of uh, uh, Polanco and Rosario, uh, they, you know, those guys, I, I love the idea of, of um, Sano hitting seventh and Buxton hitting ninth. Just be, you know, two of, the, two of the nine guys that are trying to win the pennant, go out and do the best you can. I can't imagine a better scenario. Uh, for either one of those two uh, young guys than to uh, be uh, just another one, another one of the guys in the lineup trying to keep the line moving rather than the two guys that had, uh, that had the fortunes of the club sitting on their shoulders. I mean, this is th- these next two months here are going to be so fascinating to see what Derek Falvey and Thad Levine have cooking. They've already said that they've made some preliminary uh, phone calls or had some preliminary discussions with trade partners, but don't you have to? They're better than we probably thought. And I think if you were to ask Derek Falvey and Thad Levine, like, you know, how how good do you think this team can be going into the trade deadline three months ago? I don't know if they would have outlined this scenario, but here we are, and the lineup's not going away. Jose Barrios isn't going away. So don't you, don't you kind of have to treat this like the World Series window is open, even though it might be open earlier than we thought going into the trade deadline? Well, I would. Um, I, I would. I would sure think that. I would not. I would not mortgage the next six years uh, on uh, a you know with a move um, this year. Uh, but they have to be uh, interested in looking at where they think uh, they can solidify the uh, second half of the season uh, going as the as this first uh, two months is gone and. Uh, it, we talked uh, uh, together, the three or I guess four of us. Uh, yeah, Ju- Judd's uh, getting Judd. hammered in Vegas right now. I think. Well, so. yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, that's just where he should be. Good luck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we talked as the season started. We, uh, you know, my point then and it was that here's the way it's going to work out to the, uh, the the best of all possibilities that. Rosario and Polanco and Kepler and Buxton were going to take the the next steps toward becoming the players that uh, we've all thought they were going to be, and uh, Cruz and Crone and Marwin Gonzalez uh, were uh, going to uh, just be who they were. Right? Just just be. Don't, don't have it be too late uh, in your career this year. Be you know be who who they've been. And if those two things happen and they get any kind of pitching at all, it's going to be really fun. Well, those two things have happened so far. And on top of that, the, uh, Odorizzi has come out of uh, relative nowhere to, to pitch amazingly well. And they've got Martin Perez looking to me like Andy Pettit uh, with that cut fastball that he's come up with and throwing 95 miles an hour with a fastball. It, I mean, everything has broken you know, to the to the perfection uh, level uh, so far, and and uh, that's you know why they're where they are, and why it, it would be 
I think, uh, why, why they're, well, they're talking to people. I mean, we're, how can, we're a really good ball club. How can we make ourselves a deep end of the postseason ball club? I, they've got to be thinking about it. And, Roy, we, we've had that discussion, obviously, here. That's what you do in Sports Talk Radio. You speculate about trades and whatnot. And I've said that, obviously, they, they don't need any bats. This team can hit with the best of them already. But I'm, I'm buying the, the improvements that I've seen from this starting staff. And I think this rotation is good enough to get you to the playoffs. And quite honestly, today, Roy, I'm okay with going into the postseason with Barrios, Odorizzi, Gibson, and who am I missing here as your playoff rotation? Yeah, Martin Perez. I am fine with those four guys being your rotation for a playoff series and just adding one or two arms to this bullpen. I don't think you need to add a lot to the Twins for them to be a force to be reckoned with in the postseason. I think that's right. I think those uh, four guys that uh, you mentioned would be uh, very good starters in the in the postseason, especially with the uh, offense that uh, that this uh, team has. the the whole The whole thing will be about how they respond to uh, a downturn, uh, you know, to a, a down streak. You know, they haven't lost any more than two games in a row. They've done that only three times, and they've won the third, you know, the third day each of those, you know, each of those times. Um, and they're absolutely pounding the ball, and all the pitchers are close to perfection. Um, it's going to not be that way every week uh, for between now and the end of September. And so uh, the, the next thing to watch for is how they handle uh, some adversity, both individually and as a team. You know, when Odorizzi isn't throwing everything right exactly where he wants it all the time. And and when um, Martin Perez, who has who's never pitched like this before in his life, has a couple of um, reversion to the mean kind, uh, kinds of games, and you know how do they, how do guys like that you know respond? And uh, when uh, Sano and Crone uh, are um, you know striking out on a, on a 200 a year pace at the same time, you know, and and they, and they aren't scoring as many runs. I mean. How are they going to react? I, you know, I, I don't think that what I'm saying means that it's it's anything different than what we're saying. I think they're going to win the division. I think they could they could be in the postseason. But the next thing to watch for is just uh, there's going to be a downturn. I mean, Rami, you were talking about you're driving you're you're no brakes down there. Yeah, the cut, the you know, I mean, cut the brakes. Cut the brakes. You're going you're going to wish you had some brakes at some point. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 if only for a little while. If only for just around one curve. Oh, know, I knew when I cut the brakes that there would be some sharp turns. There'd be some <laughs> some potholes, and and yeah. we're just going to have to white knuckle it, like I told you last week, right? Yep. Yep, and but uh, be that as it may, uh, this looks real to me. It looks it looks solid, even though I think that all the guys in the lineup are going to slump a little bit. Hopefully, it doesn't happen at the same time. I think all the starting pitchers will be a little not quite as good as they have been. Hopefully, not all at the same time. Be all that as it probably will. I think they're the best team in the division by a long way, and um, and I think they. Depending on what they do around trades and things like that, they could be one of the best teams in the postseason. Roy, if we got you a sleeveless Twins-themed "Cut the Brakes" T-shirt, would you wear that on the Fox Sports? <laughs> I'd be honored. Game? I'd really be honored, Roy, if you did that. <laughs> I would. I would wear that with pride. I'll tell you. Awesome. All right. Well, track mark. All right. Roy Smalley, Fox Sports North. We'll talk next week. Thanks, Roy. All right. See you guys. Cut the brakes. It's got to be sleeveless. Though. Get him that shirt. Has to be sleeveless. Get the man that shirt.
Get all the listeners that shirt. Cut the, the brakes. The Jonathan, sleeve, everybody's got the shirts. On it. Working and, on it. And we only print <laughs> sleeveless ones. Yes. Because that's the attitude that comes with cut the brakes. Or what if what if it was like they were so, they looked sleeveless, but they had sleeves that were skin colored and they were just barbed wire <laughs> tattoos for all the all the power that the twins are hitting. It's a little with too bro y. A little too bro y for my okay. liking, but Probably. if you think that sells t shirts. By all means, you go ahead and put my slogan, cut the brakes on that shirt. Cut the brakes. It's happening. Got a couple hashtags in play. Put a roof on it. No, that, not that one as much. <laughs> not that one as much. I don't think that one's going to sell a whole lot at the State I Fair. Sorry, Rami. I don't know. Uh, gentlemen. I did win the vote. We gave you a reckless trade idea involving the Timberwolves earlier in the show. MLB.com has an interesting trade idea for the Twins. Want to float by you? Oh, Yep, interesting trade mm-hmm. idea for the Minnesota Twins. Mm-hmm. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North. Business owners, let's talk for a second here. Federated Mutual Insurance Company is here to help business owners, not only with a great policy, and they can certainly do that, but they're here with a wide-ranging history of experience across all areas of business. In fact, When you partner with Federated, you benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Businesses can be difficult. There's highs and lows. You love it one minute. You're grinding the next minute, solving problems, taking care of employees. There's so many layers to being a business owner. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate those challenges of running a business. Federatedinsurance.com is the place to go to find your local representative, and to find just more information about what Federated can do for your business. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Richard, I said that means one thing. What? You're long overdue. Mr. Snow delivers. Good a hitter as he is. You just can't keep falling behind good hitters 2-0 and 3-0, and Buckley paid the price. That was the difference maker last night for the Minnesota Twins. They move back to 15 games over 500 with a Miguel Sano two-run homer late in the game. Rami Makhlouf, Mackie and Judd with Rami Judd. Already doing some day drinking in Vegas as of a few hours ago. He oh, you talked to him? sending me some texts with oh. a beer in his hand. Shirtless? I don't think he's shirtless, but it's early. I feel it's like only two forty-seven in Vegas. We've talked about going shirtless, and Judd and I are both very, very anti-going shirtless. If you're a guy, and uh, so I, th- I feel like it has to be a lot of drinks. You have to get a lot of drinks in Judd for the shirt to come off. Like, I don't know if there's a number of like. It, the problem is, if you hit that amount of drinks, he would just pass out. <laughs> so. Maybe pass out halfway through the shirt coming off, and it's just a shirt over Judd's face like he's in a hockey fight. (laughs) Oh, my God. There's just Bosnian back hair everywhere. The visual in my head right now is frightening, and I don't want it there. Thank you, Rami. Appreciate that. I turned around, and Jonathan was like doubled over. Are you okay over there, dude? Face in his hands? Good Lord. Judd's the best. Like He goes on these vacations, and he can't help himself, so... He was supposed to be off the grid, go do your thing, go to Vegas, enjoy your life from Monday and, until Thursday, come back on Friday and do the show, right? Yeah. And on Monday, he files a Ryan Saunders column. And this did morning... He really? I didn't see that. He did, scorenorth.com. And it's great. But like he's he loves to do the column on vacation thing. Oh, news broke, and I like, the people need to hear from me. They need to hear from Judd. From uh, Las I agree. Vegas. I'm not even saying that facetiously. He Minnesota did. Minnesota sports news breaks. 
I don't disagree. You need to hear from Judd Zolgad. I don't disagree. Wherever he is. And he did, he's doing these morning Judd videos. If you, Three days a week, he's doing morning Judd videos on our Twitter channel, Instagram, and sometimes they make their way to YouTube as well. And so from his Vegas hotel room with the strip in the background, <laughs> he did a two and a half minute dissertation on Ryan Saunders. <laughs> I don't know how many beers in he was, but uh, that's our Judd. We love him. So in this soundbite here, Dick Bramer that we just played coming back from the commercial break, Dick Bramer refers to Miguel Sano as a good hitter. You can't fall behind a good hitter like him, 2-0, and and not expect it to come back and bite you. I have, I'm not, I'm not picking a, a beef with Dick Bramer here. He's, un- he's get, unblocked me on Twitter. You want to get blocked I'm again. I'm, I'm good. You've done that before. It no more beef. Well for anybody. No more beef. I just followed him on Twitter, I think, today, by the way. I should refollow now, now that I'm able to. You should. Yep. Peace offering. Olive branch, if you will. My question to you is, do you think Miguel Sano is a good hitter? And or what are your expectations for him to be the hitter that you want him to be? I'm not ready to declare him a good hitter yet. Second all-time highest strikeout rate in baseball history behind Joey Gallo. That's what I was just gonna say. I don't. I don't. But I don't really care about the strikeouts. I, I do still believe that's an, a ridiculous amount of strikeouts. Yeah, but though. Joey like, Gallo. If you look at Joey Gallo's numbers right now, this is gonna sound crazy. He should be in the MVP running. If you look at his offensive production, Joey Gallo should probably be in the MVP running with what he's doing this year. He's on base percentage, slugging percentage, home runs. He yeah, he leads the, he leads Major League Baseball in OPS and slugging. Actually, he produces runs. Like for all the strikeouts he has, he produces a lot of runs. I'll take Joey Gallo on my team. I don't know about you. I would take Joey Gallo on my team and just hope that he's not the guy who comes to the plate when you absolutely can't have a strikeout. Well, but Joey Gallo has proven, along with historically bad strikeout rates, he has hit 40 home runs two years in a row. Miguel Sano hasn't hit 30 home runs ever in a season because he can't stay on the field long enough. So that's right. the beef. And he's not going to hit. I mean, he'd have to hit 30 in, what, four-plus months this year, which could happen. I'm going to go ahead, and maybe I'm naive, and maybe this is just because I, I, don't, I, I haven't been beaten into submission by Miguel Sano disappointment as somebody who just got to Minnesota five months ago. I do believe that he will be a good hitter. I'm buying what the Twins are selling when they talk about Rocco when they talk about uh, uh Miguel Sano and Rocco Baldelli said there's a handful of guys, four or five guys in this league who have some of the tools in terms of what he brings into the batter's box that Miguel Sano has. And I I think that this regime, now that you have Baldelli in there along with Falvey and Levine, I think that they are very adept at fostering talent and developing it and sort of keeping the pressure off these guys. And we're seeing it not just with Byron Buxton. I think he's he's the one we point to more often than any other because he's the one who people had the highest expectations for and probably has the highest ceiling and, and the most potential. But look around this roster, and I, I know people will point to Nelson Cruz and Jonathan Scope and the people who they added this offseason, but look at the guys who are taking the next step in their development under Rocco Baldelli, Kepler, Rosario, all, all of them, Polanco, right? yeah. Garver. I mean, you go all around the diamond, and they are delivering on young talent. And because of that environment, and because I believe in Rocco Baldelli, and I don't think it's just, it's not just coach talk when he talks about Miguel Sano. He goes above and beyond a guy just praising one of his players because that's what you do in the media. 
He goes above and beyond that. He believes in Miguel Sano. And I'm at the point where if Rocco Baldelli believes in you, I kind of believe in you. I have a comparison for you. Okay. All right, This is a, a, a name that Twins fans are going to be familiar with because he had one of the best power seasons in Twins history, even though he was only here for like, I think it was three years that this player was here. For a long time, we talked about Miguel Sano being maybe the next Miguel Cabrera, that, that all throughout the minor leagues, he mashed, he was a 300 hitter at different levels in the minors. Okay, I'm not going that far. But but hold on, I'm going to bring it back to another right. guy. So, But that was the initial, at the outset, it was, man, based on what people thought about Sano as a 16-year-old, an 18-year-old, based on his minor league production, this dude could be the next Miguel Cabrera, just the, the, the next triple crown threat. You build your franchise around him. That ship has sailed for me. If you're 25 years old and you're still trying to figure it out, like Miguel Cabrera was was mashing doubles and home runs in the World Series and he was 20 years old, right, in 2003. I think the best-case scenario for Miguel Sano is Josh Willingham, 2011, 12, and 13, with the Twins and in his last year with the A's. And I know that's kind of a buzzkill for fans. Like, Josh Willingham was kind of a one-trick pony, he hit home runs, he struck out, and you just sort of put him in, put him in the field wherever you could. Like he was a corner outfielder. Miguel Sano is more of a corner infielder type. Um, you put him in the field and hope that the ball doesn't really get hit to him. That's that's what Josh Willingham was. He his best season ever was the 2012 season with the Twins. 35 home runs, drove in over 100, <laughs> struck out a bunch, batted 260, and uh, you just sort of crossed your fingers if the ball got hit to him in left field. I think if Sano can become Josh Willingham. Go hit 30 home runs. Go hit like 250. Don't strike out all the time. And if a ball gets hit to you at third base, just rifle it across with one of the best arms in baseball. But more than likely, you're going to be moved to DH or first base at some point. Like, I think his upside is Josh Willingham. What about the guy we were just talking about, Joey Gallo? What if he's Joey Gallo? I would take that. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I feel like he I feel like he has more upside than Joey Gallo, but not a lot more. I mean Joey Joey Gallo is basically Adam Dunn, right? Yeah. I mean he's like Adam Dunn handed the torch off to Joey Gallo. All right, dude, we need someone to hit exactly forty home runs, lead the major leagues in strikeouts, and try to hit two hundred. Like that's pretty much and, and go hide in right field or wherever, <laughs> exactly. right? That's pretty much what Joey right. Gallo is. Or when Nelson Cruz <laughs> is old and not playing baseball anymore, just stick him in DH and yeah. forget about it. Have you ever looked at Adam Dunn's career? No, not entirely. Go go pull up his baseball reference page. I'm pretty sure he hit exactly 40 home runs like five years in a row. Really? Just like every year he hit 215 or 230 with exactly 40 home runs. He did seem like the most consistent batter in baseball when he was playing. Like his yeah. swing was the exact same swing. Yes. Every single time he swung the bat. I'm trying to pull it up right now. Let's see. Home he- runs. Uh, yeah, he had 40. In 2005, 2006, 2007, and 2008. <laughs> so, it was, so it was four. It was four years in a row. Yes. And what were his of batting exactly averages? Exactly 40 years? home runs. His batting average in those years was. It was like 220, 230, 247, okay. 234, 264, and 236. Okay. I know you said you would take Joey Gallo if you're the Twins right now. If that's what Miguel Sano becomes, is that a guy who is on a World Series team roster? Yeah. Is that a guy you want in your lineup? Joey Gallo. Yeah, when it seems like every bat at bat accounts in a World Series, is that someone you want to risk that he's going to strike out two times a game and one of those three at bats he might hit a home run? I can't have a lineup full of Joey Gallows, 
but if if he's producing runs at the rate that he's producing runs, like I said, I take that guy, I put him in my lineup, and I hope that he doesn't come up in one of the rare instances where you absolutely can't have a strikeout. I think the best pitchers in the world that you would face late late in the postseason and the best scouting teams in the world, they look at the Joey Gallows and Miguel Sano's, and they know that, yeah, okay, if you groove a pitch in the wrong spot, that's a home run, but by and large, pretty easy to get out. Pretty easy to scout and get out. Yeah, but make a point. mistake. Like, you know where to put it, but can you put it there every time? And the, and the, make a mistake and they will make you pay. And the pitchers you're going to face in Jonathan's scenario are not likely to miss their spot very often. Um, but yeah, like, like if it was nine Joey Gallows, I'll take my chances if I'm the Houston Astros against nine Joey Gallows. Cause I think my guys <laughs> can probably pitch around. Pitch around and through them. Yeah, no, you can't have a lineup full of Joey Gallows. But if but the if bases are loaded and Joey Gallo comes up in a postseason spot and you got to throw a ball over, yeah, that's... Give it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Or Miguel Sano. I think case. he's a guy who you can have on a World Series team. I wouldn't I wouldn't shy away from having the Joey Gallows of the world in my lineup. I forgot to give you the, the reckless tre- uh, trade speculation from MLB.com. Let's do that when we come back here. All right. MLB.com has a twins trade idea. It's a pitcher that we haven't really talked about yet, but it's a very interesting pitcher. Mackie and Jeb mm. with Rami. All right. An all-new score north. Luther Brookdale, Toyota. I wouldn't trade this place for anything, really. Not even... Uh, I don't even think I would trade Luther Brookdale, Toyota for Madison Bumgarner. Wow. And I love me some wow. Mad Wow. Yep. That's right. Best car dealership in the Twin Cities. Best service department. People with knowledge and expertise. Bunch of friendly people, too, that'll talk sports with you. Go in there and... Uh, Talk some Timberwolves with my guy Steve in the service department. He might have a couple rants for you. But the 2019 models are uh, looking at some pretty good prices here on on the, the Tundra, the Sienna, the Highlander. You want something spacious, 0% interest for 60 months on all three of those. In fact, I need to stop procrastinating here. I think part of it's because I don't want to give up my 2016 Corolla that's had great gas mileage. You love it that much, huh? It's been amazing. Can't you yeah. just extend the lease? I mean, keep the same car and extend the lease. There's a number of different options, and the fine people at Luther Brookdale Toyota will help me through all those options. They'll walk you through it all. But I kind of want something new. I might get into one of these 2019 RAV4s. Ooh, best combination oh. of spaciousness. It drives more like a Camry or a Corolla, but it's got the spaciousness of uh, an SUV. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so popular. They have the technology that you're looking for in a vehicle. It's got reverse cam, which would have helped me not fail my driver's <laughs> test back in 2001. Dude, I love that reverse cam. I love it. I don't how, know. How can they even allow kids to use that, though, on their driver's test? I don't know how I ever parallel parked without it. Yeah, I really don't. And I've always been a pretty good parallel parker because I, I started driving in cities where you had to parallel park. Yeah. But I... Now, now, don't, don't you feel like a badass when you parallel park without looking behind you? Yes. Oh man. Oh, I love it. And you toss the keys to the first person on the sidewalk. Love it. I don't do that. I do. <laughs> Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all new score.